Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. The title of my sermon today is called Fan the Flame. Fan the Flame. So recently we went to the ACC State Conference and, and us as a staff and uh, Robbie uh, and Kathy and Ash and I got to do the whole conference and, and it was a great time just to be able to go and uh, reflect and, and just sit in services where I had no responsibility. Like that, that's actually a big thing for me now because I, when I come I have so much to do that it, I, during worship I don't just actually get to enjoy and, and focus. I've, I've got many things on my mind and so to be able to just disconnect go and uh, uh, just enjoy that moment was actually really uh, encouraging for me. And, one of the, and I would encourage uh, anyone to do that. If, if, if you serve regularly on a Sunday and you get the opportunity to go to conference, please do it. Make time for it. It's a really important part. That's why conferences are on, is to be refreshed and, and to uh, remove yourself to be able to uh, just take time out and just hear from God. And so one of the things I love to do is... When I go into a situation like this, my, my one th- request from God is, is uh, Lord, just speak to me. Just speak to me over this time. And so he did that. And uh, one of the things that he really did for me was really just bring to my attention uh, just this way of living that I had kind of neglected. Uh, to give you some context, uh, over this season, it's been a busy season. Yeah. We've had a transition of pastors. I've stepped into full-time at church. Uh, I've had to learn many new systems and structures, uh, structures and put those things into place. And so the word of God uh, for that season for me was to mend the nets. Uh, the, the mending the nets is to create uh, uh, the things that uh, capture those who come into our church so that they're looked after well. Uh, so that we steward people well. And so my time and my attention and my focus has really been on that. And I've been really motivated by that. Uh, it's meant that I've done many late nights and, and extra work after hours, and, um, and which I don't mind. I love the house. I love this house. Uh, I, don't, I don't count hours. I, I couldn't care less about hours I, because I wake up thinking about it. I'm like, you know you're in the right job when that's what, you, what you're doing, eh? And so... Uh, as I've taken time out and been at the conference, I just felt uh, God just put back on my heart just this, this way of operating that I'd kind of just hadn't put my attention on for a while. And that was just really taking the time to value people in the moment. And so it was interesting because God was reminding me of all the instances, the times where I'd really heard from him and, and stepped out and gone uh, and just spoken to them and encouraged them or, or ministered to them or prayed for them. Or, and, and I was like, oh, what happened? Where's that part of my life gone? And so uh, over the next little while, I we, Ast and I, were able to go on holidays and so I was really able to take the time to just stop 
and reflect on my life, and, and which is really important. I think this is what holidays are for. You sort of you step back and you, you get a perspective on what's going on, and, and I was able to do that. And I think the thing that really stood out to me is that I got so busy being busy that I'd neglected this part of my life. And so it really sparked a, a chain reaction of how do I sort my life out to be able to get this part of my life back together? How do I, how do I get my focus back on this? And so, uh, you know, today, I don't know if you've, you've had this sort of experience where life is just so full on that you, you neglect the gifts and talents that God has put on your life. Have you, have you ever had the desire to, you know, really be led by the Holy Spirit and on, 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 on a daily basis and, and really be aware of those around you and, and, and be prompted by the Holy Spirit to be like, oh, I just need to go and talk to that person because he's put you, put you on your heart or, or send someone a text and say, oh, just, just thinking of you. I uh, just want to let you know that you're loved. Like, these are the things that I, I believe all come down to a spirit-led life where you're not just focused on, on the things that you're doing, but there's this whole other uh, thing in the background going on where the Holy Spirit's just like whispering in your ear and, and your, your attention is actually on what he loves doing. It's his attention of, of uh, he is all about people. God loves people. You know, one of our church values is people are our purpose. And so, uh, for me, being so busy and trying to build this net, I'd almost forgotten about people. And it's such an easy trap to fall into. Even though the net is for people, we can't neglect the people that are in, in, in our moments, in our present. And so, today, I, I just I want to look at uh, a scripture which is 2 Timothy verse 1 uh, to 6 to 7. And I think Timothy was in a similar situation. And it doesn't always have to be busyness. It can just be this overwhelming sense of too much going on in your world or, or stuff that's happening to you. And, um, you know, this, uh, you know, there might be sickness or anxiety or mental health or whatever it is that is affecting uh, you to be pulled away from this uh, this part of your life, and so Paul's writing to Timothy, and he's encouraging Timothy, and so I just want to read this to you, and I believe we can pull out some things here that will really help us not to neglect this part of our life. So, Second Timothy verse, Second uh, uh, Timothy one verse six and seven says, "For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God." which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Yeah. And I think it's to really understand and, uh, what's going on here is Timothy is a, a young leader. He was Paul's apprentice who went on mission trips. He travelled uh, around with the Apostle Paul and, and really got to understand how uh, Paul operated and, and yet here he is, he's, he's been commissioned to go and run the church in Ephesus. Now, I think running the church in Ephesus would have been a really hard job. When you understand the culture of the day, it was not an easy place to be a Christian. It is 
uh, it was centred around, uh, like the culture was centred around uh, the worship of Artemis, which was a fertility god. They had a temple that was actually one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Uh, the practices within that worship that made up um, the worship of Artemis were, were pretty unsavoury things. Uh, that was all pagan worship. And, uh, and so this was like the common uh, mindset of the day. Uh, and so to operate in that place as a Christian, you're really going against the grain. Like, I, that is pretty evident. I, I think that is kind of like it is today. To be a Christian today, uh, to speak out about being a Christian today is, is a lot more difficult than over the last hundred years, I reckon, uh, because of social media and things like that. Uh, and so I think uh, that sort of pressure would have been on Timothy. Uh, but to add to that, I think, there was all the dynamics that are going on within the church as well, where, uh, you know, you've got Paul, who is Timothy's spiritual oversight, in jail, and people in the church rejecting Paul because he was in jail. They were second-guessing, oh, well, is he valid now that he's in prison? Is there something wrong with Paul? And so I think Timothy was trying to manage the conflict of people speaking out against Timothy, uh, again, about uh, Paul and so here we have Timothy under this pressure of trying to manage this whole dynamic of being a young leader in a crazy culture with infighting in the church see that's a pretty overwhelming position to be in and yet Paul is giving him a, a, a solution in this scripture he's saying for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. The gift of God for, for uh, Timothy is leadership. He was called to be the leader in Ephesus and so when he talks about the laying on of hands, it was actually about uh, the presbytery, the, the, the elders from Lystra had actually commissioned him to go and operate in Ephesus. And so that's what Paul's talking about here is the gift of leadership. But then he's saying, uh, you know, for you, for the Spirit of God gives us, you know, he's reminding, reminding Timothy that uh, you don't actually have to be timid. Uh, you have authority and uh, you have self-discipline. And I think that's really important to understand is one we all have gifts. And two, we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And Paul is using this to, to remind Timothy, hey, you need to put this back into action. See, I think Timothy's anxiety would have been through the roof. I think his self-doubt would have been through the roof. He's a young leader. I think he's still building his confidence. He's still understanding how to use his gift as a leader. And so Paul is encouraging him in this way to say, hey, no, Fan to flame the gift. You already have it. Fan the flame. Actually put it into action. And you put it into action by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I, it's this that I believe we uh, need to learn to do uh, is, you know, fanning uh, the gifts and the talents that God has put on our life 
but also relying on the Holy Spirit. So, you know, power that he's talking about here is actually authority. He, actually, he had authority because of the Holy Spirit. And the word power there is dunamis. It actually means dynamite. It, that's where we get the word dynamite from. He's talking about power within. See, dynamite has the power inside it, and once you light the match, it explodes. It's the same power that we have in us. And this is what the, the Holy Spirit gives us. It's, it's uh, you know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it actually gives you uh, the power to love. It's hard to love people that don't like you. When people are uh, actually actively opposing what you're trying to do, that's hard to love them back. But here, Paul's saying, no, you've got the Holy Spirit who actually enables you to do that. And so it goes beyond natural uh, ability to supernatural. And then self-discipline. I looked into that because I I think of uh, self-discipline as like, you know, the discipline of life, of, you know, doing what you say you're going to do and having good habits. But it actually is talk. it does have that uh, meaning to it, but the way that, Uh, Paul is using it in this instance is actually uh, he's talking about a sound mind and so when you look at uh, what Timothy was up against I think his anxiety would have been out of control and what he's saying to Timothy is through the power of the Holy Spirit you are able to uh, to bring your uh, mind into line with uh, uh, what it needs to be and really calm and and keep a, peace, uh, keep a peace on it, you know, is what I'm looking for there. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that you're able to do that. And, you know, in the busyness of life and, and all the different things that we face, it's the Holy Spirit that allows us to have peace. And so I'm going to run out of time, but I'll give you my first point. <laughs> we'll see how we go. How quick can I be? My first point today... If we're going to use, uh, if we're going to fan the flame, the gift that God has put in our life uh, and, and really rely on the Holy Spirit, the first thing we need to do is we need to stoke the fire. What's the point of stoking a fire? Like what are you actually doing when you're stoking it? If you think about it, what you're doing is you're actually uh, shifting the coals around so that uh, air can get in and around the different coals to allow them to ignite. Now, if you think about the world that we live in now, I think we are more busy than any time in history. Uh, We have this thing called saturation of information. With the introduction of internet uh, and the ability to work off devices that we can carry around, the lines between work and home have been completely blurred. And so our ability to switch off uh, just doesn't exist anymore. And so we have this overwhelming sense of feeling like we always have something to do. Uh, On the holidays, Aston and I uh, were listening on our car trip uh, an audio book by David Allen. Uh, And it's such a good book. I I would encourage you... Uh, if we could put that slide up, that'd be great. This book uh, by David Allen is called Getting Things Done, 
the art of stress-free productivity. And he's giving a system of how to order your world. But one of the things he says in there is, uh, now more than ever, there is a social anxiety that rests on this culture of feeling like we're meant to be doing something. We never switch off because of this saturation of uh, information and the lines being blurred between uh, work and home. We never switch off and so we, we, we can't rest and we can't take moments to, to really uh, just be present in the moment, to be present with people because we're always like, oh, I'm meant to be doing something. It's just this constant little thing in the background going on. And so he gives, uh, you know, a system in how to manage that. And I would encourage you, go and read it. It's a great system. But the thing he talks about that I want to highlight today is open loops. See, open loops are are, uh, things that were, you know, either, uh, you know, to-do lists or projects or activities or uh, commitments or... Uh, calendar appointments, dreams, desires, uh, ideas, you know, all these things that come into our brain uh, and they just pop up non-stop. They're just a random pile of thoughts that just continue to pop up through our day. And they're called open loops. And so what, what he's saying is because we have open loops, we have that social anxiety. And so in order to close those loops, we need to organise and distribute them and store them in a place that we know, hey, they're going to get sorted when I, when I uh, plan to do them. And so it allows us to be present in the moment. And so when you think about uh, the picture of the coals of the fire just sitting, uh, think about your life of every little thing being a separate coal. All you know, your family, your uh, your work commitments, and your uh, your to do list, and all that, and they're just sitting there, and there's no room. The ash is just building up, and what that causes is this uh, this dampening of of the flame, because it can't breathe. It's it's actually smothering it, and so the clutter of our brain is actually smothering the gift of God that is in us because we're unable to, to give it the, the attention that it needs because it's getting drowned out, smothered by, uh, by the things that we're meant to be doing. And so I'd encourage you to stoke the fire. We really need to organise our world. We need to organise. It is a modern day thing now that we, we have to learn this skill. We can't just float through life and hope for the best. I mean, you, you can, but you won't be effective and you'll be frustrated and you'll be overwhelmed and you'll wonder how am I going to get anything done and you'll end up not loving everyone around you well because you're stressed. And so really you're, you're organising these coals in a way that there's room for things, for, for the Holy Spirit to come in and move on those areas and and uh, you're able to give attention to the things that God wants you to put your attention on. So I'd encourage you, stoke the fire. My second point is feed the fire. You know, the gift 
the gifts and the talents and the things that God has put in us are all unique. And they do, they, when God puts a gift in your life, it doesn't come in full bloom. It comes in a seed form. It comes as like a little ember, like a little coal. And it's actually our responsibility to develop or to, to fan to flame that coal. And the only, re- the only way that coal can get bigger is by putting more fuel on the fire. And so uh, we really need to be intentional about investing in the gifts and talents that God has put on our life. And so once we've made room for them, we can actually then intentionally go about developing them. You know, there are so many gifts listed in the, in the Bible and, uh, and I would encourage you, uh, you can go and uh, research those things and really go out of your way to, to discover them. And one of the things that we do as a church is growth track. If you haven't done it, please do it. Because we, act- we talk about the gifts and talents that God has put on your life and, and we help you to discover them. And uh, because gifts, the gifts that God has put in your life uh, are actually a part of who you are. And that's what actually makes you unique. And the Holy Spirit distributes them to us as he sees fit. Because he, he wants you to be uh, uh, operating in a way that actually helps to build the kingdom uh, and to, to build his purposes on this earth. That's all of our calling. It just looks different for everyone. And so I'd encourage you, uh, really uh, commit to being intentional about uh, developing your gifts and talents. If it's, you know, being a muser, practice. Get lessons. If it's, if it's preaching, go and learn how to preach. Go and do some preaching classes. Like, look for opportunities to preach. If it's prophetic, do some courses. Uh, the one thing I would say with prophetic is actually have a mentor. I think the prophetic has been uh, misused uh, in a way where it's become a judgment tool rather than a, an encouraging tool. Uh, I think it's coming out of that. Uh, but I really think uh, uh, oversight is an important part of the prophetic gift because we need to steward it well because the damage that can be done if it's not used properly uh, is actually uh, is quite just devastating because you're really speaking on behalf of God and so people attach a lot to that. So well, I think we need to steward that well. Uh, and so I really think this is where the house of God is good because you can start inside the house. Uh, uh, and as you develop and can be shaped and moulded, you can then take it out. Uh, so I'd encourage you, uh, really eager and desire that gift as well. Uh, uh, but we need to be intentional, whatever the gift is that God has put on your life. Uh, we need to feed that thing. Uh, and we need to uh, really steward those gifts. They don't just happen on their own. Uh, we need to fan the flame on that gift and really operate in that gift. Uh, the, second, uh, the final thing I want to say today is uh, we need to use the fire. Who's ever heard of the saying, you lose what you don't use? 
you know, that becomes evident when you're doing sport or activities and uh, making things or, uh, you know, for me, I, I love sport. Uh, you know, I went surfing on the holidays and uh, it took me a while to pick it up again. Uh, I had lost my fitness and uh, uh, I got there, but my back paid the price for it. I had my kids uh, <laughs> walking on my back every night trying to loosen it up, but the thing is I hadn't used it for a while. And so I'd lost the things that I needed to be able to do that well. And the same principle applies uh, to our gifting. If we don't use it, we lose it. And we have to then go back and redevelop it again. We have to start practicing and using it to really get it sharp and and get it to where it needs to be. And so I'd encourage you, uh, really be proactive in using your gifts. Uh, Find opportunities. You know, as a church... Uh, we have so many opportunities for you to use your gift. You know, there's so many places that you can serve uh, in our church and and, uh, really develop your gifts and talents and and God will really strengthen those areas. And, you know, ultimately, uh, some gifts are for the house and some gifts for for, uh, the world. And so I'd encourage you really define those gifts and what they're used for because we don't want to just use them in the house. You know, we're called to be a light to this community. And, th- and I, I believe once we really start to step into the gifts that God has put on our life, uh, the, this church, being a lighthouse church, will take off. Amen. It'll take off. And so I just want to encourage you, really be proactive in using your gifts. Uh, this is a big part of who we are as a church and who we are called to be as a community. And uh, you know, I'm going to leave it there because we've run out of time. I'm pretty far over. Uh, But I would just love to pray for everyone. If I could get everyone to stand this morning. Let's just raise our hands for a moment. I just want to pray a blessing over you and and then I just want to pray a second prayer after that. So Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask that you come and breathe a fire on the coals of people's lives. Lord, I pray right now that you would really start to uh, give vision to the things that you've called us to. That you would inspire uh, the gifts and the talents that you've put in our lives right now, Lord God. I just pray for fresh uh, reminders of what they are, Lord God. And for those who don't know their gifts yet, Lord God, I just pray right now for the desire to go after them. Lord, I pray that this church would be uh, a church that is on fire for you. And Lord, I just pray that every little fire that is going on in every people's life, every person's life, would become one big fire, Lord God. That us, us as a church would burn bright for you. And that we would see many people... Uh, come to know you through us operating in our gifts and talents, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would uh, be able to organise our lives in a way that actually gives room for you. And Lord, I pray that this would be a powerful church, a church that loves well and a church that your peace rests on. I thank you for it so much in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this message. 
To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepherd.